He was like letting me know, pretty fuck. He was like, pretty cool, huh? Your mind's blown. I'm like, you have no idea. It's the Signs of Wine podcast. I'm not drunk. Sure. With your host, Jordan Tucker. Welcome back to the Signs of Wine podcast. We have a very special guest today, Mike himself, uh, the psychedelic athlete. Hey, what's up? And we also have Matt on today. Say hi, Matt. Hey, y'all. It's your boy, Worm. I'm very happy to be back on the podcast, and I'm very excited to see what we're getting into today. So, Jordan, what do you got got for us? Uh, We're just going to talk to Mike real quick and uh, ask a bunch of questions. Um, So, what do you do, Mike? What's your what's your thing? So I uh, I've been doing jujitsu maybe uh, I guess almost I guess almost eight years now, either that or it's just over eight. But I've been doing that for that long, and then um, I did some MMA in the in the middle of it and, and some boxing. And some boxing. There is no tomorrow. There is no tomorrow. I'm afraid. All right. And some boxing. And some boxing. And uh. That, you know, well, I mean, I, I say I, I didn't actually do boxing matches, but I enjoy, you know, I, I, I enjoyed the boxing side of the striking, so to speak. And then fucked uh, up a couple bags for real. Yeah, and I mean, um, you know, I mean, if I was to have an MMA fight, I would say I would want to throw hands. Like, even though I'm better at jujitsu, that would be like the thing that I would do in an MMA fight. Do you feel more in the fight when you're like throwing hands, or like when do you feel more involved? Or- you know what it is, like. There's a couple things. Number one, like, I'm a fight fan. Like, I used to have an MMA podcast before I ever trained. Mm -hmm. And I've always been into fighting and MMA. And, like, when I think of a fight, I think of, like, getting hit in the face and hitting people in the face. Like a schoolyard type, like a brawl. Yeah, and the fight fan in me is the person that's fighting. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. So it's like if I can't punch somebody and try and knock them out, I might as well just go do a jiu-jitsu competition. That you makes, know that makes complete sense. They only do the cross based stuff, right? At jujitsu, yeah. They, or they, is it certain tournaments? I thought. Um, I mean, you're you're allowed to. You're just not allowed to actually like strike like you would in a fight. I mean, there are some things that I guess you can consider strikes, like if you could do what's called like a wrestling club, or mm. yeah, if you enter a cross face pretty hard, you can you can get physical, but. I mean, you're not trying to knock somebody unconscious. Just trying to irritate them, get on their nerves. Yeah, wear them out, control (laughs) them, eliminate space, be the alpha, I guess, you know. But, yeah, so for me, and then also if I'm going to do all this striking training, if I'm not boxing and kickboxing on the side, I want to do that when I fight. That way you're more prepared for future fights? It's just, uh, you know, you want to showcase. The reason I compete in jiu-jitsu is because I want to test what I've learned. So, like, when you're doing all this striking training, like, of course you want to go out there and show what you can do with all this training. Show off that spinning back kick you just learned. Or what? Yeah, exactly, (laughs) man. It's like... Take somebody's top off. Yeah, I've been choking people in competition since I started jiu-jitsu to go out in an MMA fight and choke people it's not worth it for me. Uh-huh. 
you know, I'd take the opportunity if it came about, but I mean, it's really as simple as if I was, if, if I walk in another cage, which I plan on, I mean, my goal is going to be to probably knock somebody unconscious, preferably with hands on the feet. Yeah. You know, and it's not, it's, if my goal was to be the best fighter or to win solely, I probably would say eliminate space, take somebody to the ground and yeah. then control them and submit or Jiu-jitsu is is great, but if you're fighting like a really big person too, I'd imagine like I'm only 140 pounds. If I fight someone that's 220 pounds, they have a massive advantage. Yeah, yeah, you know it's uh you got to know the disparities as far as like you have to like like Mike Tyson. Pick your battles. You know Mike Tyson. He I don't know if you know much about him, but the guy is not the tallest heavyweight, mm-hmm. right? He's an inch taller than I. Mike Tyson's like an inch taller than I am. From what I know, he used that peekaboo technique. Right. Just weave through and just say, hey, I know you got the reach advantage, but fuck your reach advantage. I'm about to connect a fist with your jaw with the force of a sledgehammer, and there's nothing you can do about it. So yeah. night, night, motherfucker. Yeah, so so when you think about that, it's like, what does Mike Tyson have to do to be the guy who's built like Tyson Fury? He needs to get inside. He needs to move up and down. Change and levels. Like get inside of their power. Like like somebody who's long, the end of their punch, you just want to be inside of that, that below it. That kind of thing. And you then they can't box you. You know, so like if you're if you're smaller, I mean, you gotta stick and move and circle and, and make it hard for them to like line up with you so they can't quite hit you well. Change and, pace on them and shit. Like, yeah, <laughs> make them wear out. Make them chase you down. And instead of just backing straight up, you're kind of like winning the circling battle. Maybe you throw leg kicks. Maybe you, 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 you know, hopefully they can't just like knock you out with one strike. But I mean, it's it's a bold statement probably to say for MMA, but I know as far as grappling is concerned, and I've seen it in like in people say, well, no, well, wrestling's different or fighting's different. I've seen high level wrestlers hmm. who are better against the heavyweights than they are their own weight class, like one seventy ers who are quicker. Like, I assume it's hard to keep up with the movement. The, yeah, the pace of it because you uh, heavyweights. I mean, they're quick too, but versus someone that's just slightly smaller. Or- yeah. I was I you know what I see in the UFC a lot the, the archetype that I see I always see like the big tall like lanky skinny guys like Israel Adesanya like you know Sugar Shane O'Malley you see a lot of like yeah. oh, what's his face um I mean he's a little stockier um Pereira even he's like just yeah. tall and like lanky it's Not- a they're they're dynamic they're they're fairly athletic they're good at like. Maybe using their length against the cage to get back up. John or, Jones, I just forgot yeah. about him completely. Yeah. It, it, it depends. I mean, there's an there's an advantage to also being built like I don't know if you know Daniel Cormier or like like a shorter, <laughs> thicker dude. <laughs> BJ Penn. You, you just gotta know yourself. Lewis. So, so like yeah, or the, like built like Derek Lewis. Yeah, that yeah. Man's a fucking monster. I'm sorry. About yeah, that. no, d- no. Derek Lewis is a beast, and um, you you got you got different builds, but it's like. People who know their body type and know how to use it, that's going to help you. And then you know your abilities. Like, there might be some big guys that can just take a two-by-four to the head. So they they don't have to fight with their range. They want to make it a brawl, right? But then you got some guys, like some of my favorite fighters, unfortunately, they're great at, like, being elusive and hard to hit. But the second they're in a brawl, 
they're they can't eat the shots that drunken bar fighter can. Yeah, that's what they call in video games a glass cannon. Someone yeah. that can put out a lot of power, but they get touched once and then it's done. You see it a lot with like guys like uh, that are movement based because they probably don't get hit a lot in the gym, like karate style guys. They they don't take them well right. They don't take them well right to the chin. Like like there's really good fighters that you can just tell. Um, they probably don't get they probably don't get many brawls or, or test their their chin in the gym often, which is which is good. I mean, I, it's respectful. I love that style, but you know, you just know yourself. So if you know you're somebody that's not prepared to get hit eight times flush on the jaw in a fight, then you yep. better be away or. <laughs> It's moving the hell out of there. No matter what your height is, no matter what your reach is. If you're you know? in the range too, you're in. You're always in the danger zone at that point. Oh, yeah, yeah there, you're reminding me of a guy like Leoto Mashida. I mean, he could. Yeah, he still had a jaw on him, of course, like a chin. But yeah, um, he was like one of those elusive guys. And then he finally got hit right on his jaw. Perfect <laughs> it's, example. It's out. Yeah, and I mean, I I absolutely love the guy. He's like, my he's favorite like a fighter. wizard. Yeah, he's a very. It's it's so crazy to see somebody that can go out there and and just look so much better, so much higher level. But the yep. second somebody turns it into a fight, what can Lyoto Machida do? <laughs> he's I mean he's good Honestly, like up close. That's what it can. No, do. I mean like when you think historically, he's just gone out there and it's been like flawless victory. Yeah. Or he, I mean, I can't think of a time like a long, it's gone back and forth. A long wind. I I, I thought I have to. I think of a couple fights. I thought Rashad Evans, didn't he fight with him? He knocked him out. I don't think he ate oh, many shots against Rashad. Damn. He knocked him out early. I think even if it wasn't round one, it was think. beginning of round two. You're, you are right, though, because, like, John Jones, I mean, he threw a he landed a couple good punches on John Jones, but he still got ate up It that was fight. It was over the second he got ate up, though. He actually <laughs> won the first round, in my opinion, in that fight. Leoto, yeah. Yeah, he looked amazing. He's a great, like, a counter puncher. Yeah. Too. So when you went once it's an actual so like his I don't know if you saw his first fight with Shogun, but not much happened. He had hella fights with Shogun too, didn't he? It was two, and then the second when he got knocked out. Oh shit! Yeah. So it's just he's not, and and some guys are also weird. It's like they get hit once and they have a split fat lip. They get hit again, they have a black eye. Like right. their face isn't like that one, weathered the same that way. That one uh, lady that Wei Lee fought. Uh, oh yeah, Chechik or whatever. Her Ooh. head swelled up like an alien. I, I could not believe the pictures were real. I thought they CGI'd that thing or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so I mean, it, it depends. I know that we're, we're, we're kind of digressing from the idea of like being a smaller person, but mm -hmm. you'd be shocked what you could do. I mean, there's a reason there are weight classes, and there's a reason they don't do it right. because if you're locked up with a dude who's bigger than you, massive, it's probably not going to go too well. If you guys are like hugging each other, standing up on the ground, up against the cage, that's not a good place to be. <laughs> yeah, you're gonna you're gonna struggle. But I think if they let different weights fight each other, you would see some you would see some. Some lighter guys beat some bigger guys, especially if they can survive. It's like the early UFC days, what was it like that one dude that was wearing like a gi versus the big like sumo type wrestler? Oh yeah, yeah. And I forget it was like a clip of the UFC posted. I was like, oh my lord, who allowed this fight? Yeah, that's how it was back in the day. But I mean, it, it, interesting it to see though. Didn't always work out well for the big guys. Yeah, well, I don't think in that fight the All big right. guy got messed up a little bit. Go ahead. Real talk. If we could get rid of weight classes in the UFC, what would be your dream fight? Oh, my God, man. 
mine's Habib and John Jones. Because mm. listen, John Jones is a striker. He's a wrestler too. Though. And a good wrestler. But Habib has is a wrestler, but he's not a bad striker, and he's got a lot of counters, John Jones. Mm. And his wrestling is just... The, I think Habib's wrestling style, like Sambo, it's probably one of the most brutal styles of wrestling you can get. Because I think back in Russia, like, nut shots and stuff like that are completely legal. Yeah. Tenacity. Yeah, but that I, is I just a, on that I don't Sambo, but... care about my life or anything else. I'm here to fucking win. Yeah, I, it's fascinating. Like, okay, if I have to break down that match, Habib leaves himself open a little bit too much on the way in and gets hit. And John Jones has really hard to take down, take down defense. And he's good at like getting in uh, weird kicks in the way and following it up with knees and using frames. And like, first you're getting past a kick, then you're getting past a punch, then you're getting past a knee, then you're getting past an elbow, all the while he's sprawling away. I'm not saying it's impossible, but it would be hard for Habib to take him down. To be honest though, if there's anybody that like could do it, who has the tenacity to do it, it's that motherfucker though. He's yeah. mean, like he just doesn't stop. Like even when he had like Con- he had Connor in positions at times where like it was like a weird setup. Connor looked like he was gonna get out, and he just like no motherfucker, you're not leaving. No, bro, literally just <laughs> toyed with him that match. He, he wanted to get there was in t- that man. There was head. times though he like Connor's he like Connor's done jujitsu. He, he, I mean, we're gonna talk about Connor later because he's I mean, in hot water. But <laughs> yeah, I mean, Wait, what do you do now? We'll talk about it later. It's yeah. tough, dude, because I mean, you're just John Jones is just slightly different as far as that goes, in my opinion, and. I mean that'd be a great fight. I'd watch it. Like it would be it would be exciting and you never know who would win. It would just be it would be tough for Habib to pull it off. But yeah, I mean it's a it's a dream fight. I would like to see maybe somebody huh if I had to pick like different weight classes, I would say there's probably some like yeah, some 170ers, some 185ers. We've saw we saw like Adesanya go up. Um the may, maybe see um the one seventy er who he just lost to Leon Edwards um Kamaru Usman oh yeah oh yeah because he's a little longer and bigger framed and he has some power to his strikes where that would maybe be a little interesting um I I do think that that a lot of the middleweights and light heavyweights would beat a lot of heavyweights. The, uh, as Ray said, I feel like the heavyweight class is a little bit thinned out as of recently. Yeah. There, there used to be a guy. Do you guys remember Anthony Johnson? He yes. actually passed away not long ago. Like, uh, that guy would have been crazy to see fight some of the heavyweights. You know, like him versus Stipe. Kind of like a s- slim reaper almost. Yeah. It would be. All right. So, like, Stipe versus, Stipe versus Habib would be fascinating to me. Because his because Stipe's striking isn't quite as hard to deal with. Right. He's a little bit like sloppier in that, and he might like want to grapple it. So it would be an it'd be interesting to see the two high level grapplers grapple. To be fair, I've never seen Stipe fight. Okay. Uh, yeah. I, I wish I've seen seen Stipe's fights. They I always just heard that he's like real technical and he's, yeah. he's a real good heavyweight. Versus, uh, I heard Francis Nagano is good too, but isn't he out now or something? He went over, I think, uh, one. Yeah, he hasn't fought yet, but one FC just or um or no PFL, 
PFL just signed him. Is that he was boxing? Talking to Juan. PFL's uh, MMA. Okay, okay. I thought, yeah. that, I thought he switched to boxing. I was he like, wanted to. But he didn't. Probably. I, you know why? It's because he got so much power. Yeah. He'll put somebody down. <laughs> yeah, that'd be <laughs> fascinating. Uh, like, okay, of all time, you know, it'd be fun to see like a prime Nate Diaz versus like a Lyota Machida. Ooh, like deal yeah. with somebody yeah. with that movement. The, the boxing versus the... I like and that. Nate Diaz has, like, the... He's just a dog, dude. Yeah. He's dealing with him. I feel like he's one of those guys, too, like a John Jones, like you were saying earlier. You just have to go through so much shit just to even beat him. Yeah. It makes I, it a problem. Prime GSP, Prime Anderson Silva would have been pretty yeah. wild, man. GSP. Yeah. It, it, I, they say his wrestling was way better than what people, like, give him credit for. Yeah, he was supposed to be on the... Like, he, he was on the... Like, he was good enough where they, I don't know if he was doing the trials or he was training with, but they were making it seem like he could have been on the Canadian Olympic team oh, with wrestling, GSP. The, the people don't even understand, like, to get on a team like that, like, motherfuckers is getting, like, I've seen videos, everybody sees the videos of people in high school getting matched up against, like, a state champion, and they just get thrown, sure yeah. and they just get thrown around <laughs> they like they a dog. bro. Versus, imagine, like, the Canadian gold, like, a Canadian gold medalist or something, or just like, even being on the yeah. Olympic team. Right, bro like, wrestled a grizzly bear in the qualifiers, man. He had to do some crazy shit getting yeah. on that team. We're interesting to watch, too, um, like, Iowa's, uh, was it college wrestling? Oh, yeah, corn-fed fucks. Dude, yeah. Iowa they're Minnesota. Hus- they're husky as a bitch. Um, but, yeah, so, um, to digress on that, topic i wanted to ask you we you brought it up over a message the um you said you took how much dmt out of oh, the month okay. of the year so <laughs> i'll give you the backstory with that i had never done any drugs dude i had never done anything mm-hmm. never never i mean i was always around like kids that that did shit like that and i was always in like alternative subculture stuff mm-hmm. so like i always thought psychedelics were cool I always thought like pot smoking and stuff was cooler than like, you know, other drugs or whatever. Like right. I, I, I gravitated towards those types of minds, but I never did anything. I had never drank. I had never done. Did people and, like think you were weird coming up sometimes, like hanging out with everybody that's like smoking potter. And then you're, they're like, do you want some? And you're like, no, I'm good. Um, <laughs> no, because I didn't come off. Like I, I had like an edge to me. Like I always got into fights. I had like a mohawk. Like- I was outspoken. <laughs> I was like kind of this like gothy metal sort of um punk rocker yeah and and i had like a way about me where i fit in in that group but (laughs) i mean i wasn't like always around people who were just like baking cars left and right but i mean i was comfortable a lot of my friends even from like a young age were the types that were you know doing acid coming to school on acid eating mushrooms um and and smoking pot and then I got to an age where maybe from like 23 till I turned 27, I had heard about this DMT. 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 Dimethyltryptamine. DMT. And I'm like, man, you got to be kidding me. Like, hold on. What happens? And they're like, you smoke it. You go in another dimension. You see these other beings. They tell you stuff about your life. I'm like, get the fuck out of here, dude. Like, because my scope of what tripping was, was all oh, stuff's just going to look weird. Colors might be brighter. Stuff will look like shapes. There might be things that make you look like eyes. But I, the concept of me, you, and him all smoking DMT 
and all of us seeing similar beings that we could have never imagined. And if we had no concept of DMT, if we smoked it, it would take us to this similar headspace and we might feel like we've been there before. It might feel like death. I was like, I couldn't fucking believe it, dude. Like, what kind of Lovecraftian horrors are you telling me I'm gonna summon by hitting this shit? Um, How much for a gram? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So, I just, for like years, I would listen to podcasts on this stuff, dude, nonstop, just hearing people talk about it. And I was like, and then you hear the positive side of it. Like, they didn't sound like I was around people that, that, you know, had heroin problems had had speed problems you know all sorts of stuff i was around people that had every type of problem you could have and we might have connected on some levels but i didn't want to be like them i didn't want to be like the alcoholics i knew but then these people are talking about like it's not like they're they're just walking around day-to-day life tripping balls they're talking out of a certain amount of time yeah they take it, and then they go back into the normal headspace for the rest of the time being usually is how you hear about it yeah well, i mean almost nobody's walking around always tripping i mean that would be some unhinged chances are if they are they have other drug issues too dude or mental issues yeah they're probably on on you know at the very least like adderall mental shit like like Mixing. they might take ecstasy all day and then now nah, they're taking a tab of acid every day most people are not just have issues with psychedelics. Right. They have issues with a lot of things, and then maybe they do psychedelics on top of it. So I was pretty aware of that. I heard all these weird healing stories, people learning about life, sense of spirituality. So I was like, okay, fuck it. I kept thinking about it, hearing about okay, it. Let's pop this. I knew right I was going to do it. And <laughs> you're giving yourself reasons. You're like, no, yeah, like it's I actually great. Right. So, <laughs> so when I turned 27, I was like, well, I'll start off. I can get some pot. I borrowed pot from my girlfriend and I smoked pot some. And I kind of was like, I mean, it hit me hard. I, like I was, I, 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 I like trip balls early on on weed. I was like, how do people say that they're driving on this shit, doing whatever? I mean, eventually I had a stretch in my life where I was a functional all day, every day, you know, pothead for a few years. And then it kind of ran its course. But but in the beginning, it, it was really changing to me. The way I heard music, the way you like lose. Tra- I mean, I, I had never had an experience of inebriation. And then I, I had a buddy who could get mushrooms. So I said, let's do that. And then I did mushrooms. I'm like, this blew my fucking mind. Uh, like, this is some crazy shit <laughs> we're up. talking about. So what you're telling me is the, that marijuana is the gateway, a gateway drug? Yeah. Damn. <laughs> if you think of them all as drugs, any drug is a gateway drug. Dude, yeah. let me tell you, cocaine would be a gateway drug too if it was your first drug of choice. <laughs> yeah, you're opening and the gateway with cocaine. mind-altering experiences open up that door. I think cocaine might be a gateway drug. You might be right. Or at least Every drug. A- Adderall. <laughs> Adderall's a big... Well, caffeine. <laughs> Caffeine's a, because you don't a think of it the drug. same. You if you thought of it the same, well, do you? <laughs> no, I think of, of like marijuana is like a lot lighter, and then anything above that, like I don't. I'm, so I'm California. Maybe people who like younger generations might see pot as less of a gateway drug. Yeah, but like it's the a older generation, to the fridge. That's you know you're all, you know you're willing to do drugs. You know you're willing to, once you take that step, then then you can tell me what you're willing to do. Yep. Once, because if you're somebody that's never done a drug, well, you don't have a gateway in this. You don't have a fucking horse in this race. Yeah. 
tell me you've only done one drug and then tell me that that's not a gateway drug because alcohol might lead for you smoking pot or blowing coke one night, right? Alcohol might lead to coke and then something leads down. So yeah, pot can be a gateway drug. I chose it to be a gateway drug. I wanted to be, I <laughs> figured, well. I thought it was the tip of the iceberg. I'm like, the same people that like this psychedelic shit, they like pot, they like MDMA, they like a little bit of ketamine, some of them. Well, so I was like, I want to try that stuff. What you literally said is my exact issue. Like, that's why I've never like tried like any, like I've never tried Coke or like, I know so many people nowadays, like I'm 21 years old, Everybody I know that is like not everybody. I mean, my small group of friends don't do it, but like, right? We all know motherfuckers that do it. Yeah. And um, I always said like I can't open that door because it's like once you open that door, you're just then okay with it. That's the you know what I mean? Yeah. I you said, well, I know exactly what you mean. As soon as you open the door, you're like, oh well, then maybe Molly isn't bad. Oh maybe meth isn't bad. <laughs> yeah. Maybe benzos aren't bad. It's just like it. It's a uh, al- not Allison Chains. Alice in Wonderland spiral. Yeah, oh, it's an Alice in Chains spiral too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Hashtag, we, yeah, we love yeah. Alice in Chains. Dude. Yeah, you'll get down in a hole real quick. Yeah, <laughs> you'll be a man in a box fast <laughs> as hell. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, I I I tripped on I, I I had a mushroom experience. Seen a jar of flies. Yeah, I I uh, I and then I was like, all right, I need to find this DMT stuff, and finally I found it. We tried it a couple times and like we couldn't get it to. I, we had no idea what to do with it. Hold we, up. You, you couldn't get it to work. Yeah, well, the, the, well, you have to vaporize it. You can't just like smoke it. And I let my buddy. Oh, and inhale the vaporize like. Yeah, but but you actually can smoke it. See, we just didn't know better. I don't know what you it mean. was like the first you you Smoking read online me with a post a note or something. Like yeah, that, that, that yeah, dude, you, you read online <laughs> and they're telling you, oh, you can't do this, you can't do this. Well, I let my buddy figure it out, and we did some shit where you add like a two liter bottle of like empty two liter bottle. You cut off the bottom and you put aluminum foil around it, and you put a rubber band around that, and then in the aluminum foil inside of the bottle Holy is shit. the DMT. You light it so the vapor goes into the bottle, through. and then you suck it through. Holy you poke shit. a hole in the aluminum foil and you suck it through. You got a fat hit. That, it just, that does, is it, does it just send you? It to, worked that. for one of us, and then the other two of us just kind of felt like maybe a little bit of mushroomy. We just couldn't get it to work right. Um, there yeah. were factors. It didn't seem like maybe it was the best quality uh, DMT, DMT either in, in retrospect. But eventually, I found some good stuff. We did it, and like, like the second time I did it. I was looking at next thing I know I'm in this like weird uh like dome like room with just a kaleidoscope of colors and there's this elephant man in a tuxedo who has a dog with him <laughs> and they're psychedelic as shit and they're just looking at me and I was looking at it and they're like yep and I'm like no <laughs> way and they're like the lady like points his cane in the air dancing to the music he's like pretty fucking cool right I mean, he's not talking but I can tell that's what he's trying to tell me I'm oh like, so he's telekinesing you oh that's how it is a lot he's just like looking at you just giving you wow. the stare and you're just giving you like the little head nod he was like letting me know pretty fuck he was like pretty cool huh your mind's blown I'm like you have no idea this is crazy and then I just busted out laughing I couldn't believe it and then my friends talked about their experiences Holy shit. and then we kind of like every couple months we would try it but I mean I had enough people where I was kind of sharing it with and there was a period of time like right when COVID hit where I'm like okay well if you don't know anything about DMT do you know how long it lasts five minutes, five minutes. seven minutes 
It goes right into the the the, uh, the brain, and you're in and you're out. Your body knows exactly what to do with DMT what's, more than what's anything the after else. Effects? You feel like more like you than ever. You, you're. Oh, you you're are, just glad to be back. You feel great. You feel very sober. Shit. You feel like yourself. You feel crisp. There's no hangover. DMT is what is in all of us. It, it regulates our level of consciousness. When we sleep, the amount of DMT inside of us shifts a little bit. When we have an orgasm, the level of DMT in our body shifts a little bit. When we sleep, high intense situations. So like, are you like, kind of like dopamine? I, like like a lot of those things that your body produces, yeah, different things trigger it, different things affect it. Um, you so know, you're saying it's like a like a higher level of consciousness. Almost. I would say it it regulates level of consciousness, and yes, you could say that it's an elevated higher level in that moment. It feels more real than anything you've ever felt, and you understand things at a level that you can't even fathom. And then when you come back to yourself. You hardly can remember what happened. It was just aha moment after aha, and you think you're going to remember it. Mm. And maybe you remember like one or two things, but it ain't damn near the whole picture, and you can't put your finger on it. Oh, so that eight minutes probably feels does it does it feel mm. a lot longer? Or you not, can't, you not can't in even the same time. perspective as like being really stoned. Like if you ate an edible, way too much edible, and you feel like like time is like slowed down to where like every minute is like an hour. Yep. Nothing like that. No, I think weed does that, man. I mean, with, with all respect, like I found a lot of the negative effects that I thought were like psychedelic related or microdose related or maybe doing too much of this. I actually found out for me, it was weed that was fucking with my sense of like time, anxiety. You have, you have more time to like analyze, self-analyze. It kind of like made me feel more anxious. Like just walking into a 7-Eleven became an experience. Yeah. That you know? is why I like, was it movies, bro? Like I said, movies yeah. and any type of... Can you follow a movie stoned? Yeah. Yeah. If it's a very I'm good fo- movie and get your it just attention. It helps me. Yeah. It helps me focus on things, but that's the thing. Like, I get really focused. I would then get really focused on like a movie or yeah whatever I'm doing. At the I time. would say there's a balancing effect on weed that people can't quite put their finger on. Like if you're somebody that like you know already has the ability to like hyperthink or do this it'll it, elevate it. It, it it very well could either completely exact it's going to be like a, a two sides to that coin yeah it's either going to completely <laughs> dampen it or elevate it and usually it's a roller coaster of both for people that already have a little bit of that anxiety or whatever. hyperactivity or something like i probably if i had to guess like all honesty i'm probably either have like some weird hyperactive something maybe a little bit on the spectrum a little bit yeah. of something that just lands me in a different spot and my brain starts processing way too many options way too many paranoias that <laughs> your brain swapping out that like that standard hard drive to a ssd yeah <laughs> your shit and, starts processing everything like a million times a second it might be that i just smoked too much of it it might be because i already have like type like that psychedelic sort of brain or whatever but i can remember smoking weed early on it's like you forget that you don't like it when you're not stoned anymore and you're like, oh, I could smoke more pot. But in the moment, there are times when you're like, oh, my God, this sucks. Yeah. And then you're like, oh, I should yes. just smoke something else just to like 
kill this place I'm at. <laughs> I just need another hit. I need like a different, like give me some sativa, put me some keep on that thing. That'll make me feel better, you know? And then you're back in the paranoia mode for the next 30 minutes. Yeah, but Until I... Until you finally relax and you're like, oh, things are cool again. Yeah. I mean, I, I probably just have the ability to like spiral in a way or, or maybe it's like the addictive sort of mentality. Um, a or little, it might just not be for you. I, like, yeah. for, I, there's things that are not for everybody. Like, you know what I mean? Like, there's going to be people out there that can't do DMT. They take DMT and they're like, I just tripped the fuck out. I cannot do this shit no more. You know, yeah. there's, there's people that are afraid of going outside and shit. Yeah, no, don't. Yeah, absolutely, man. Like, it's it, none of it's for everybody. Um, I think that, that DMT. Now, I mean, you go down the rabbit holes online, you're going to read a lot of people that say a lot of different things. From my experience, It's never trustworthy stuff, too, because you don't know, like... Because people, like, like well, your story, it sounds like I, I know who you are, it's an authentic story. But then you see other people's stories, and you can't tell if it's, like, real or fake. They're like, I seen a shadow man, and then he picked me up, and then ran yeah. me to Rome. And you're like, what the fuck? I know, dude, shaman's hand <laughs> on fucking Reddit. You know what I mean? Yeah. They're, they're not posting, like, testimonials on every single uh, site there is and it's all that. It's funny, though, to think about that, like, you actually go up to, like, the top of, like, a mountain with some Shaolin monks, and they're, they have, like, Dell computers, and they're on Reddit. They're like, yeah, dude, we're po- making our daily post. Yeah, it's... uh. Well, anyway, when when COVID hit, I was like, I ha- I just turned it into this five minute, seven minute, fifteen minute ceremonial thing. Every night before I made dinner, I was just gonna smoke some DMT. I had the time to do it. It felt good. It felt right. It felt like I was learning about all these things I had been interested in for years: spirituality, the meaning of life, self awareness interconnectivity um all of these things man it was it was it was synergizing with my own interests it was giving me new perspective on strength and conditioning i gotta say you do seem peaceful yeah you seem like like just like like like, like a jedi bro you have the demeanor of a jedi yeah like you're just, just like, like i don't want no fight because i know i'll win i'm relaxed as fuck <laughs> i appreciate it yeah. kind of like a mma torfin from vinland saga or like Jason Statham, if he woke, if he woke up in the morning and chose compromise instead of conflict. Yeah, dude. I mean, everyone's got their things and everyone's got their like issues, but I do believe that the psychedelics and stuff have uh, alleviated a lot of that, like that that small stress throughout the day. Yeah, you know the woe is me stuff too, and the the chip on your shoulder. You know, I think I used to walk around with more of a chip on my shoulder. I was more competitive with people. I would, I would, instead of trying to be understanding, like I'm still a very critical person. I'm very critical. Like if somebody has an opinion and it's kind of like empty or like baseless, I'm going to like, I'm going to see the irony. I can't help but be critical, but I'm very understanding and, and I find it kind of charming sometimes. And then I can sort of see what sometimes those people have and can offer that I don't, you well, know? You could, so there's times where you can find yourself just being the complete asshole in the situation. Like, you just have an attitude and someone just being really nice to you. And you're like, damn. Yeah, I, I used to do it more, man. I, I, I still I still can come off like an asshole for sure. And, and there are times where I'm like... Why did I, that person just does, has no interest in any sort of like intellectual battle or like a shit talking battle or this, like I didn't need to just humiliate them like that. Well, straight I went overboard, 
you know, but, but it doesn't happen nearly as often. And, um, it's more so just kind of for fun. Not it's like a novel thing. Right. I'm in much more control over it, and I notice it in relationships. I notice it in friend groups. I notice it in people that I don't care for. I'm not triggered by. Well, and it makes it. I feel like it makes situations a lot uh, nicer too, because people know that you're just such a chill dude. So like they're less likely to. Yeah, and they're more likely to back you up if some shit goes down too, and that because you're like the diplomat. It people, yeah, people are reflections of each other in that way, man. If I came in here with like an attitude and a cockiness, like maybe you guys wouldn't like stand up to me or whatever because it's like not, it might not be your nature, but you definitely would be like, we've had our fair share, trust. Yeah, <laughs> we've had our fair yeah, share. You know, like you, you would definitely be a different way about it. Like you, you would be a reflection of it. Whether it matches me, it's either an equal or an opposite reaction, right? Straight up, you know, you know what they call that the equalize. Yeah, yeah, man, and exa- exactly. <laughs> <I'm> sorry, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you shouldn't have to say yeah, man. <laughs> yeah, well, I- <laughs> yeah. Um, so it it's just, and then and then when you really take a step back, like like okay, you what what do you think about what do you think about life, man? What do you think about energy? Do you think you are just you? Do you think you came just out of yourself? Do you think there's a part of your ancestors inside of you, some genetic link, some sort of something, some sort of collective unconscious? Do you don't do you think that we're connected in a deeper way? Well, they like they say because uh, like if you know you have parrots and stuff that are like addicted to stuff, and then like for example, I would be a chemical baby, meaning that I'm more likely to get addicted to things. Yeah, and so I feel like I mean like genetics have to be a thing. You know, DNA has to be a thing. People are. Like there, when mice, like are learn something when they pass down. Eventually, after like evolutions of them doing that, it just becomes instinct when they yeah. come out, and they don't have to. You know what I mean? I, don't I, know. I do. I mean, I'm curious what you think. You so know, I feel yeah. like there's definitely um, it's part of our ancestors in us. I don't know how much because I feel like nurture has to do a lot with it too. Like I feel like like even there's times where I would, you know, not the say anything bad about my family but i just don't relate to some of them if that makes sense they're a part of a different regime no different time different time different time we can only be so critical of past times because eventually time is going to change enough where you're the one that the kids don't relate to man that that they're not going to understand that you were actually the open-minded cool guy and now you're coming off like a dick because you're a 60 year old that doesn't want to change what they or even now sometimes because i i in high school i saw i did a lot more partying than what I do now by a yeah. lot. So, and I did a lot of shit in my high school years that like now at this point, I don't want to go out to the bar and fucking do all that shit. Cause I know those people and uh, the cornball ass motherfuckers that are wasting your time and money. <laughs> it's like, it's not worth it. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, that, that type of scene. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like, okay, if we know that we, that, that addictions and, and those things can be passed on the obvious genetic side, but now they're finding out like, like you could look this up. They just did a study where they found out that, that traumas and memories are passed down. That oh, we yeah, carry they, that I Harvard think, yeah, or something. Trauma. Yeah. I thought I seen something about that. Memories. I heard. So, yeah. We have memories inside of us. Now they're thinking that these, there are these savant one year olds that can play the piano where it almost looks like they're playing it from the perspective of, of, of a wise, well, there's a you, wisdom that makes you question more science too. Cause they say in like your dreams, you cannot have a dream of something that you have not seen before. Right. But I've, 
I find that false though at that point. If they if that's the case, then like we've probably seen shit before in our dreams that is a memory or something. You know what I mean? Like if we have memories inside of us, we've had to see it somehow. So like if you're saying I'm having a dream, so if you're saying I'm having a dream of like storming Normandy, that's probably because my great granddad did that. I mean, or you've seen Saving Private Ryan. There's so many, there's so much movies now that you can really come up with some crazy shit because you've seen it before. At the very least, it's a possibility, dude. Like that's the thing. Einstein said this: energy doesn't leave and it doesn't begin. Mm. It's all recyclable. Our energy, whatever we are, probably came into us and it will come out of us and into the earth when well, we're gone. I believe in stuff like that, just because if you like. Growing, I grow plants a lot of times, and when you see plants, when the the shit that they like and love, and how mushrooms grow and all that stuff, and how regular plants grow, it's obvious that energy is transferred because the plant will kill part of itself to in order to grow more shit and have the plant that died fertilize itself. It's crazy, man. Yeah, it's like okay, it's recycling its own energy at that point. We think of it as too literal, dude. Like we're a human, and we're obviously ourselves, and we're everything that we are. So, like the thought that, like, oh, I ate this tomato. Uh, Clearly, I'm not a tomato now, you know. Or, or I'm around this dog all day. So clearly, I'm not this dog just because our collective unconscious or our energies are together. But, but, but it's it can be smaller than that, man. It can be it. There we are vibrations. There's frequencies. There's harmonies. Resonance. Like you said, when you when you see a dog, I mean, like I know Lauren, her and her dog. Everybody that has a dog, there's like this moment where you look at your dog and you kind of like know what they're thinking and they know what you're thinking you kind of have a moment of like understanding yeah and it's like how do you do that the like the body language what what is that or is it just like you know what i mean some it's it's something instinctual and like passed down through generations and since the 1400s probably earlier than that probably since caveman times bro the the mice thing gets crazy dude because because you talk about like what a mice a mouse knows through what they would call epigenetics like gets passed down like that's what that that's what their science would be trying to discover that there are rats on the west coast that learn from rats on the east coast in real time dude when they put rat poison out and they only put it in one part of the world once that rat poison stops working because rats figure it out it has a global effect well they're social though too right they're very social creatures i would imagine well, i don't know if they're having conversations that make it all the way to the other like the west coast like this exists in animals and humans across the globe there is a glue that holds us all together and we are all co- our thoughts there is a there is an antenna that when we think a shit it shoots up and bounces off in other directions man i it it it's i'm not saying that's exactly what it is but 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 science has put its finger on this um a guy rupert sheldrake has a thing he calls morphic resonance and the guy might be a little bit of a quack but he but he points out real studies and real things where it's like it's pretty hard to say that it that it's not the case because animals will learn things in one part and the other part of, of the world don't you know figure it out fishing lures the same way mm. If if you were to come out with a new, so you know they always have to change rat poison and fishing lure. I was about to say, right? Yeah, fishing lure always changes. You use something that's good. That I look up shit all the time. I will look up something that's good. It'll be a year old. Go throw it out. Nothing. 
nothing's fucking it up. Right. And then people are getting brand new stuff. Oh, I just got a new spinner snag. Got something. So what happens is not only does it affect the fish that have been exposed to it and the fish that they're connected to and the fish down the genetic line, it affects fish all across the globe. Think about that. How does that happen? How does this happen? How can I take a powder that all three of us smoke and we all see some weird fucking half human, half God, half animal, you know, thing showing us shapes and speaking us to in a language we hardly understand, trying to explain us stuff? How how does that happen to all of us, man? That's a great. Isn't that question. fucking bizarre? That is bizarre. Honestly, I, I'm trying to picture it, but I, I have no. Like it's not like you're saying it's something so hard to explain that I'm trying to think about it and I can't think about it. Yeah, they they have art where it tries to like recreate it, but I'll be honest with you. I've seen like yeah, like the post where it's like watch this video and this is like what shrooms is like. <laughs> it's like yeah, not that you bad. you can't. Re- Here's what's cool about it, man. It doesn't even it. allow you to remember itself. Like I can tell you what it looked like. I can describe it in our terminology, but, but there's no framework to compare it to. And I don't have an ability to even bring those memories into this plane. You went to that place in Interstellar at the end where he's like got all the bookshelves and he's like floating it, through the black hole. It Sometimes it does look like that. Yeah, dude, absolutely. And, and <laughs> the more you do stuff like that, the more you realize, wait a second. A lot of things seem to be influenced. A lot of video games, a lot of sci-fi movies. Yeah. A lot of things look like psychedelics. A lot the, of music. The Beatles. Just look at the, the, show. the Beatles show. Look at the one. Look at a regular show. Like I guarantee you. At, yes. Absolutely, dude. Whoever made those shows definitely were always taking a tab or two or hit a DMT before their sh- before they started the writing and animating process. Something. I guarantee you. Um, did you see Everything Everywhere All at Once? That I, new movie? The Asian not. movie? Bro, yeah. it's fucking insane. It won Best Picture. Mm. You would like it if you I mean it's like a very like interdimensional kind of pretty movie. Yeah, but it's not like um it's not too serious. Like it's actually very like fun and action anybody could like that movie who's kind of thoughtful. It's it, not it's not just cerebral. Can't be almost. It's uh yeah it, it has fun with itself but I mean it's a legitimate it, movie it, it's an intellectual film too like it's very very smart and sophisticated but it's it's enjoyable and humorous and a lot of things okay. it's very dynamic but but it's like the people from other dimensions are kind of like broken into the into our dimension and they're trying to get you to do things that benefit their dimension and it's this crazy kind of like. <laughs> sci-fi thriller comedy mixture thing that's cool I, I like when movies can break out of just the standard old genre yeah yeah but it, it's just very psychedelic and what's really crazy is because like when somebody explains quantum mechanics to you or like mm-hmm. interdimensions like it's hard for you to put your mind to it right yeah but if you I can't think about it sometimes or even AI I try to think about it. I know it's like numbers like oh one oh one but like how can it go that fast? Exactly. How many O1s is a processing? It, it's so hard to define things like that just through theory because it's 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 placed on another plane. When you go to another plane, when you experience other existences, you yeah. don't need to think about it. You're experiencing it, dude. When you go to something that feels like the afterlife or a place you were before you were born or another you're experiencing. You don't have to think about it. I don't got to be smart. 
I don't right. have to read a book on on quantum mechanics to you get just the concept. Feel different. Yeah. yeah feel I understand the concept of infinity and you can't put your finger on it, bro. It's infinite. How can you def- <laughs> how can you minimalize it to a paragraph? It's the infinite. There's not a paragraph that defines that. It's fucking everything. That's everything is the infinite. It's the signs of wine podcast. I'm not drunk. Sure. With your host, Jordan Tucker. I'm tired of everyone calling me.